Well, what's up, MDE Nation? Britton here, the host of the Mason-Dixon Experiment, and welcome to the MDE Podcast. This week, we've got Brandon Adams, also known as BA from My World Outdoors and formerly of Major League Bowhunter. Brandon, how the heck are you, buddy? Man, I'm doing it. I don't know how. Uh, enjoying this this rain we got here in central Oklahoma and the cool weather that it, it, it came with it. So... I'm enjoying life. Man, that is awesome. So, have you got plans for hunting season? Are you hunting anything right now? You getting your trail camps up? You getting your food plots ready? What's going on out in Oklahoma? Yeah, so it's July. I normally don't start running trail cameras until August uh, for for most of my properties. The only property that I run cameras in July uh, is right here where I live. I live on 30 acres here in central Oklahoma, kind of in like suburbs type area. Okay. Uh, So, I only have a couple cameras out right now and they're both behind my house and I do have some studs back there. So pretty pumped about that. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm getting, getting, getting ready for the upcoming hunts. You know, I, it, it's rapidly approaching. I'm, I leave for my first hunt at the end of August, uh, for Colorado for a velvet mule deer hunt. And then actually that same trip will roll right into an elk hunt in Colorado. So I'll pretty much, I'll be gone. How uh, 16, 17, 18 days on, on that first trip. So, well, man, and then after that's awesome. that, stop the races. <clears throat> well, that's awesome, dude. I tell you, I mean, uh, you know, being able to get out and hunt and, and, and travel across the country, man, I mean, that's, that's fantastic right there. I, you know, I've seen you doing it on TV for years. How did you get your start? Like, like what, what got you into hunting outdoors? Like, was it a family member? Did you just see it on, on, tv and think hey that's something i you know i want to get into hunting or or what was it man as far as hunting in general uh the outdoors is definitely something that's a part of my family and uh it's just you know it's a tradition that all my family i say all the vast majority of my family uh, they do and and it was anything that was in season they did essentially especially in the fall uh dove season was always the biggest hunt of the year we always had a big group (laughs) was fortunate that my grandpa and my uncles had some land that they owned. And so we always had, and it was all farm ground. So we had um, land that we had, you know, good dove hunting on essentially. So we'd always have a big group of 30 or plus people for the opener. And uh, it was just fun being in camp. And then of course, uh, having deer camp itself where you'd have a dozen people, you know, drinking coffee and telling lies in the morning. And as a, as a kid, you know, watching it all, it was, uh, you know, it was something that you wanted to be a part of. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to find my way into knowing as much as possible as quick as I could. So uh, that was, I mean, honestly, they got me into the outdoors. And I say they, I mean, my father, Homer Adams, my grandpa, Stephen Abbott, uh, there, and then, you know, other people that were in the camp, including my uncles and, and, and members of the, of the camp itself. And it wasn't an official club like you know a lot of people have especially in the southeast but uh, it was kind of like a hunting club where it was a, it was a group of guys that always hunted together you know on the same ground so uh but what i did is i borrowed i say borrowed i still have it to this day <laughs> i borrowed a vhs uh night and hell vhs ultimate hunting uh, and that, that was my first introduction into, uh, the T the, the filming world of the outdoors. I think it was night and hell ultimate hunting four. Uh, 
And uh, I watched it probably, I don't know, I probably watched it 200 times. And I would take notes, literally sitting in front of my, sitting in front of my TV with a notepad, taking notes about probably completely irrelevant stuff. <laughs> but uh, I just wanted to learn as much as I could. And I soaked up as much as I could with magazines and books. So there wasn't a whole lot of books whenever I was that age, but uh, I don't know, man, I just got, I got, I got the fever and got the, got the bug and kept pulling on that thread till this day. <laughs> so Yeah, I hear you, man. That's, uh, I mean, my dad got me into it when I was about five years old. I remember it was uh, October 5th, 1985. I went on a squirrel hunt with him in Lewis County, West Virginia. And I remember that day it was colder and blue blazes out. And there was a light snow on the ground. The only thing I remember about that day was me slipping and smashing my finger on a rock between my BB gun and at some stinking rock that just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And my hunting was done for that day after that happened, buddy. I was just like, you know what? I'm done. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, you know, as I got older, we started going to deer camp and just that fellowship and camaraderie and, and seeing everybody just telling who could tell the biggest tale or who could shoot the biggest deer and and just going and just having fun. And, you know, I think nowadays, I think a lot of that has been lost. Um, especially with the, with the way, uh, I guess the world's going with the way the kids are going nowadays. Like a lot of kids aren't interested in hunting. They, they have a lot of peer pressure not to hunt, I think. And, you you don't see a lot of kids getting in the outdoors anymore, which which really which really bothers me because they're our lifeline to keep our our tradition of hunting going. I I agree with you. Uh, you know the culture has changed a lot from whenever I was getting into it. When I was I started deer hunting when I was nine, I think, and you know I was around hunting. My oldest memory in the field, I was probably four or five, mm-hmm. chasing you know being a bird dog in the dove field. Uh, the 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 culture then with me growing up and what the culture is now even with the same group of guys is completely different in the fact that uh when i was you know when i was going out there and even you know grown men going out there they were looking for a deer you know we weren't trying to kill big rack deer and we weren't trying to keep any secrets from anyone if you will no uh, nowadays people are after age which is you know definitely not a bad thing but people are after racks and people get ta- people get caught up in that number uh, with whatever whatever their deer is going to score. The first thing people want to know is what's going to score, and that was that was nothing. That wasn't even the close. They, 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 we didn't even know what it was growing up. You know, score was no one knew what it was. It was either a, 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 a six pointer, a seven pointer, eight pointer. Well, if it was an odd number, it was a non typical. It had a drop behind or something, but. Uh, <coughs> You know I, what I'm getting at is maybe maybe it's not the kids' fault. Maybe it's not all the kids' fault. Maybe it's you know dads, mom and dads, not getting them out there and getting them to experience the same experiences we had because the priorities have shifted from being out there to now trying to kill you know something big. Now this is going to be a loaded question, and and I've been asked the same thing before both of us are, are are in the industry we're both in in the tv world do you think that that the tv world has a little bit or maybe even a little bit more to do with with that mentality than uh just people in general do you think 
that it's it's just people just want to kill big and it's just a big competition. Yeah, it, 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 it's definitely the, the TV, and we'll, and we'll use TV as an example because for a long time, TV was king. Uh, it portrayed a certain quality of animal that was like the standard. Uh, the I think probably the biggest thing, I would say the biggest thing, I think TV is definitely up there, but uh, trail cameras and social media are... Are, are in my opinion, trail cameras are the number one thing as to why people are after bigger deer now. Because if I would have only, if my family would have only known what we actually had walking around the woods 20 years ago, uh, we probably would have been a little more selective too. And having those, you know, cheap trail cameras, you can you can stock up on them and put trail cameras everywhere, throw a bucket of corn out and get a, you know, get a pretty good indication of what kind, what caliber of deer you have running around your property. Uh, I think that trail cameras have led to the real realization that, you know, there's a lot bigger deer out there. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think that that's probably the, the biggest thing. Definitely. I think media has shaped the, the bar, if you will, but I think trail cameras have really, is really the driving factor of people's mindset out in the field. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned social media, you know, I don't, I think social media is is very it it doesn't help anything because you you have a lot of people that get on social media and then they start talking about well why'd you shoot that deer you should have let that deer grow and you know my my right. my response is who are you to sit and tell somebody what deer they can and can't shoot it is not yep. your tag keep your mouth shut stay off the keyboard and congratulate this person it doesn't matter if it's a spike or a 150 inch eight pointer just be happy they shot something for Pete's sake right. Well, I mean, like, well, putting food in the freezer is the way I was, it was, I, that's the way I was born, uh, raised up in it. You know, when it, it didn't matter. It really didn't matter how big the deer was. It was a matter if you had, uh, you know, back straps to eat or you had burger meat to eat throughout the year. Um, and, and knowing that there's, let's say, a 140 inch 10 point running around there just after daylight or after dark, you know, it, it, it makes, I mean, it's just human nature, especially people that are competitive uh, to want to hold out and, and, and try to get that higher quality of an animal yeah. as far as quality, as far as, you know, antler size yeah. and age. That's very true. So, I mean, my dad taught me, he said, look, if your heart gets to racing and you feel like shooting it, shoot. And, yep. and and I've lived with that mindset my my entire hunting life. And, you know, um, last year, first deer I killed last year was a five pointer. That sucker stepped out behind the trees. My cameraman said, "I saw it. I hit the camera because I knew the second you saw it, you were going to shoot it." And I'm like, <laughs> "How'd you know that?" He said, "It's the first deer of the year. You're breaking the ice. You're getting the monkey off your back." And he said. I knew you didn't see it and it was going to be right on top of you before, right, right when you saw it. And sure enough, he, he sees it, he hits the camera. I see it and I'm, and I instantly look at it. I'm like, I'm shooting that deer. I, I didn't hesitate. I didn't think twice about it. And I, and my heart was thumping out of my chest. Like you would not believe you would have thought I had a, a 12 pointer standing in front of me <laughs> and, and I drew back and I mean, I buried it right behind his shoulder. He, he ran 60 yards and piled up, but just that excitement. Now, for me personally, if my heart, 
I can control my ticker for the most part. You know, most bucks that come by that are, you know, a six or under, and, and I say that because, you know, well, you shot a five-pointer. Yeah, I shot a five-pointer. But that was the first deer, and I was excited. So, you know, we're going <laughs> we're, we're gonna to pretend that, you know, <laughs> we're going to let that one slide. But normally, I can let a spike of four, three, four, you know, five, whatever, walk by. Small six, I'll walk by. But, you know, if it's a deer that I want to shoot, I'm going to shoot it. And, and I'm not going to worry about what Joe down the street thinks about it or what, you know, a Facebook group thinks about it. Because, or for that matter, I'm not going to worry about what my fans think about it because, you know what? It's my deer and it puts right. food on the table for my family, whether it's a two and a half year old deer or five and a half year old deer, it's still food in the freezer. And and yep. that's important is, you know, being able to provide for your family. It gives you a good, good sense of being a, of pride and taking care of your family when you're able to put something in the freezer for your family and then cook it later and see it on the table and everybody, you know, eating it and enjoying it and wanting more. I a hundred percent agree, man. And, you know, you know, I, I, I come from a, an environment uh, kind of a cultural surrounding where being self, you know, independent is important mm -hmm. and having the ability or really, yeah, we'll call it the ability uh, to go out and obtain your own protein and sustenance. You know, that's a big deal. And that means a lot to me too. Uh, like, you know, with the, with, you know, with the world, you know, we're in the middle of 2020 right now. It's a heck of a time to be alive. You know, we're living in history. And I'll tell you one thing, as long as the, as long as I have, as long as the electrical grid is running, well, I say that <laughs> I can make it work without it. Right. But as long as electrical electric, uh, we have electric, I'm going to have meat for many, many, many months, probably a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, Cause I got, I got, I think three, I got three chest freezers, big chest freezers. Uh, and then two, uh, like, two other freezers so i got a lot of meat and they're all full um and i mean i i guess the point is is being self-reliant is not you know is another aspect of it that i i, I pride i take pride in yeah i mean i agree with you 100 percent. you know my wife raises a garden every year i help her with the yep. garden she that that's her thing i mean she loves the garden <clears throat> yep. and we have a nice garden every year and we've got i'm sitting here looking at you know a hundred and hundred and fifty jars of canned stuff here, and that's just from last year, yeah. or maybe the year before. I mean, we've still got gardening season coming up here, so and our garden season will run through November sometimes because of the weather down here in Virginia. It's ridiculous, right? So, kids, you have kids, correct? I do. How many kids do you have? I have no idea. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, your wife, you're going to be sleeping on the couch later. Oh, I, I'm you. That's not even close to the worst joke I've made probably today. Oh, uh, heavens. <laughs> I, I, I got to find out where that line is. And I'm just always playing with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you uh, right toe that line. Just don't ever cross it. Yeah, exactly. Any, no, I have two beautiful daughters. I have a 12 year old daughter named Addison and named Addison and a nine year old daughter named Brooke. Now, do so, they hunt? Yes, my oldest. Well, they both hunt. My oldest daughter just got into big game last year. Uh, she, I'm so, I was so proud of her. Uh, the video is up online uh, and I encourage anyone that's listening to go, to go watch it. But she, so, okay. So let me start with what we kind of, what ties into what we were speaking with, 
earlier. I personally like to shoot animals that are of a certain age. I don't care how big they are, but I want them to, I, I like for them to be a certain age. Okay. Okay. And, and, and normally my number is four and a half years old. Sometimes it's three and a half, really depending on where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't judge a single person for shooting any deer that they want to legally. Uh, so, you know, I'm fortunate to have a lot of really quality animals. I've hunted some of the best places in the world. I've been doing it for a long time. Very fortunate in all of that. My point behind all of that is, is just because I have accumulated amount, a certain amount of knowledge and a Rolodex of contacts and, and, and places to go, resources to, to go hunt, you know, big deer, doesn't mean that my daughter automatically gets to shoot 140 inch deer every year. So when we went last year, I let her know that she's shooting the first deer that she sees and she'll be doing that for a considerable amount of time until she can, you know, work, you know how it is until she can work through her brain and the, but you know, the, the subsequent buck fever that comes with it. Right. Uh, and so I'm, I, I, I am so proud of this girl because I was, I knew there was a chance that the first deer we were going to see was going to be a giant, you know, but the, I knew that there was a real good chance that the first deer we see was going to be like, you know, a couple of really nice two-year-olds we have running around. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that would be a perfect buck for, her. you know, like a really big two-year-old buck. Yep. And uh, we went out five days in a row and she never, never once did I walk into her room to wake her up? I asked her every time if she was like, you want to go, you know, like gave her the option every single time she said yes. And on the fifth day on five days in a row, we didn't see a deer on the fifth morning. Uh, we look up through the swamp, through the, we were sitting in a box blind and you know, there was a really, really nice, but you know, big eight point really <clears throat> coming through the swamp. And came out in front of us, and she did an unbelievable job of being patient, and she shot it, and that was her first, first, first buck, first deer. So that's awesome. I was, I was, I was so proud. She was, I was emotional. Mom was emotional. We caught, you know, it was right behind the house, and we got, she got to come right afterwards and help with the track when we found it. I mean, it was just, it was, it was incredible. That's so. a, that's a great moment, I tell you. You know, and, you know going and asking your kids, do you want to go? You know, I think a lot of parents sometimes kind of force their kids into going and they end up not liking it because of that. You know, give them an right, option. That's exactly give right. Them a, just because, give them an option. Right. I, I'm in, I, I love deer. I just got infatuated with it. doesn't mean that my kids are going to be with it. You know, I was infatuated with sports too. That doesn't mean I'm going to force my kids to do, you know, to, to play sports. No. They're going to do what they want to do. Well, really regardless. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to make them do a single thing. Got to kind of and meet them where they are. This, I guarantee you this: they ain't gonna get anywhere off of someone else's credentials either, because right. <laughs> I ain't got no credentials to, to to hand down anyway. Yeah, I don't need unless it. it has unless it is hunting. <laughs> so. Exactly. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I mean, I'm like you. I mean, I got a you know forty hour a week job, but I mean, the best thing I can hand down to my kids is my knowledge of 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 the outdoors, and and hopefully I'm doing a good job of that. We've we we have five kids here at home. And we've only had one kill a deer so far. And I've had one miss a bunch. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, she shot a few trees and everything. And I've had one of the girls has killed one a couple years ago. And I was running the camera for her. And it's on one of the episodes um, from a couple years back. And 
this eight pointer and spike comes in and I, I was hoping she was going to get shot the eight pointer, but it kind of, it saw me and then kind of ran up the hill. So she handed me the gun. She said, well, go ahead and shoot it since it's out there. Well, I went to shoot it and um, the cap popped, but the gun didn't go off, which was really strange, which is, which was a blessing in disguise. So I hand her the gun and I turn back around and my camera's on the other side of the tree and you can hear us talking. I've got the camera still running. The camera's on the other side of the tree, not pointing any, I don't know where the camera's pointing at this point. And she goes, that spike is standing in front of me at about, you know, 65, 70 yards. I said, shoot it. So she's free-handed with a CVA Acura in a tree stand and drops the sucker in its tracks. Man. And you you, kill her. she was excited, jumping up and down. It's the only deer she's killed. Um, but, you know, I was, I was ticked to death. And I had my oldest boy out last year, and he had – he wanted to kill this buck he saw down in the field. He said, Daddy, I want to shoot that buck. I said, okay, we'll, we'll wait for it. And here comes this doe out of nowhere, and she's like 65 yards from the blind. And I said, do you want to shoot that doe? No, I want to shoot that buck. And it, it was a big spike. He wanted to shoot it. I was like, you know what? Shoot that spike if you want to. And here's that doe. And to this day, he never got a shot at that spike. And, and to this day, like a couple of days ago, he goes, I should have shot that doe, shouldn't I? Yes, Ian, you should have shot that doe. But I said, you <laughs> but I said, you know what? I said you gotta learn. I said, and I'm proud of you for being strong willed enough to not shoot the deer that you didn't want to shoot. I said, but next right. time when we're in the blind and the deer gets that close, I'm like, drop the hammer on it so we can go home with the deer. He's like, Okay, I'll do that. Right. Yeah, it's just, you know, I think teaching the kids as much as you can. Don't force it on them. Teach them, show them, guide them, and let them make the decision where they want to do it or not, because they've already got enough pressure with everything else going on around them right now, peer pressure, kids telling them, Oh, you shouldn't do this. You shouldn't do that. It's, it's not, it's wrong to kill animals. It's, you know, but we, we see it as a source of food. That's how we've always seen it. And that's what I've tried to explain to them. You know, it's a source of food. Look at it that way. So. Right. Nope. I, I agree with you a hundred percent on everything you just said. And it sounds yeah. like you got a, you got a great group of kids that you're, you know, hopefully, uh, getting them heading in the right direction as far as, you know, getting, getting to spend plenty of time in the outdoors. So that's great. Well, we are, we are trying with everything in us and, um, I'm getting my wife more involved in it and she's having a good time with it. And, you know, the MDE staff, we've all of, a lot of us have kids and they get your kids outdoors and it's, it's just, a, it's just awesome and a blessing to see all these kids out in the outdoors and get them involved in things. I mean, that, that really gets us excited, but, um, so Let's talk about my world outdoors. Let's do it. Let, let, let's do it. It's it's something that, you know, I think I messaged you a few months back, maybe, and um, asked you a couple of questions about a, a former uh, show that you were part of. And you said, you know, I've, I've started my own thing up now. So let's talk about that. How did that come about? Tell us about it. Tell us where we can find it. Plug yourself. You have free reign to plug yourself right here. Man, I got free reign. You got free reign. Just say whatever you want. Yes, go ahead. Free reign. My goodness. No, so um, several years ago, you know, getting to do this, I've been been in the outdoor industry since 2006. I've been working full-time in the industry since 2009. Uh, I was a a television producer for a long time uh, for a couple of different shows. And and a personality as well. So that so I've been able to network and meet a lot of people. And one of the people I met along the way was a guy out of Mississippi. His name's John Christopher. And, you know, we hit it off. We're, we were buddies for a long time. And he was always, you know, not 
he was wanting to do something in the industry essentially. And, uh, an opportunity opportunity presented itself where I was like, all right, man, let's do it. Let's start it up. And so that's how my world outdoors got started. And we, we launched February, I believe 16th of this year, 2020. And as we stand right now, July 28th, we are any moment now, this is a, this is true. This is actually, <laughs> I'm pretty proud of this. Any moment now, we're, we're about to go over 1 million views across all My World Outdoor platforms, which on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. That's awesome. So it's been, it's been an incredible uh, reception. It's definitely uh, doing better than I anticipated as far as viewership, but I, I've been, I was in TV for like 14 years, 13 years. Uh, this year, My World Outdoors is 100% digital. Uh, you can watch content from your favorite platform, whatever platform you prefer on, you know, digitally. You can, you can catch all of our content on it. Uh, you can watch, you can binge watch our shows on YouTube. You can binge watch extended content on YouTube. Or if you're if you're a Facebook guy or an Instagram guy, you can uh, follow along. We tell the stories, you know, kind of like on a day by day basis throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's awesome. And and, you know, and, and, and and my big my biggest thing, uh, really, when I was in the TV side, and, and and definitely now, my biggest thing was, you know, telling a story, and going digital allows us to expand and dive down rabbit holes that we would not be able to do on network TV. Yes, it's very true. So I'm, 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 I'm super, super excited about that. Super excited to where the future, where, where the future's going. Uh, like, like you can, you can check us out on YouTube. It's my world outdoors, Instagram, my world outdoors and Facebook is my world outdoors. So if you, if you look us up, man, we would greatly appreciate it. Uh, like sub all that, all that stuff. Those digital tool bags always say I'm one of them now. So hit that <laughs> we, uh, like and subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell. That way when we drop a new video, you get that's notified. Right. <laughs> yeah. You we need those notifications thing, <laughs> turned on, turn your notifications <laughs> on, set them to high priority. Yeah. We, we did the same thing this year. We started doing a uh, kind of a vlog style filming when we go out on like turkey hunts and fishing trips and stuff. And we're, we're, we're doing a, we're filming a little different this year. And, and I like it. We're, we're using our action cameras, our GoPros or whatever action camera we have handy to kind of document us going in. We're, we're using that as our, our, you know, conversation camera, if that's what you want to call it when you're walking. Yeah, in, like we're a talking diary. To that, yeah, we're talking to that camera and we're using the big camera as, you know, the other content that we're getting. And it's, it's kind of got a vlog file, uh, sorry, a vlog style field to it. So it's a different filming style for me. Uh, traditionally, you know, it's just, we got, you know, the camera, big camera, you talk to it, you do your thing. And my co-host is like, look, I want you to try this for me. Please try it for me. And he begged me to do it. And I'm like, you know, I'm like, Jordan, I don't really want to find whatever. And I did it. And he's like, man, I'm so proud of you. You did so good. And I'm like, I don't know how to feel about that, but okay. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll take <laughs> right. it and roll with it. I mean, I'm 20 years older than he is. So, um, Yeah. He's got a little right. bit more knowledge on that. And we've been trying to get the YouTube thing going. And, you know, uh, it's – we're also on the Hunt Channel, MOTV, and, and Gen 7 Outdoors. But 
but we're really trying to build the YouTube up. That way we've got as many platforms as we can go across like you guys are doing. And, and it's, it's a good way to do it. It gives you more options, more opportunities, like you said, to get down these rabbit holes that you wouldn't normally go down on network side of things. You can't, you can't, you could not go you on can't. the network side of things. No. So, uh, you know, and the cool thing about going this route is like, a, like we posted and we're going to probably adjust this a little bit next year, but I will continue to post, you know, th- this year, season one. So next year will be season two. I'll post season two all at once. And so you'll get 10 to 15, however many stories we end up with, 10 to 15 full stories at one time. Uh, you can just press, press play and let it go. Plus you'll get a couple hundred different expanded content videos, um, which is what we did this year. We dropped like, <laughs> we dropped all of season one was like a hundred and something videos. We just pressed the button and they all were, all live. Hey, it works, so, man. How, how, yeah. however you got to do it, make it work. Well, there, there's just so many people that are using, you know, the digital side of things now. I mean, it, yeah. you, like I, like I just said, you know, February, 5th, I don't know how many months it is. So February, March, April, May, June, July. So five and a half months, we're at a million views. Like that's, those are real numbers, man. Yeah. There's, there, there's definitely, uh, there's definitely people consuming the product on, you know, on, on the digital side. That, so. That's, that, that's a hundred percent accurate. And that's, that's why, that's one of the reasons why we're going the way we're going right now. I mean, we're obviously we're trying to go, you know, up to some network type stuff too, but we're trying to, you know, go as broad as we can with everything and have, have the YouTube, have the digital side, you know, try to get on network TV, get on local TV and all that. But, you got to have yeah. a nice mix to bring it all together. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm, I'm super pumped. Like I said, like, so one of our most popular things right now um, is, is it's a full film that I did. I actually shot it in 2018, put together and, and it aired on Sportsman's channel in 2000, uh, 2019, the fall of 2019. It was, it's my Oklahoma grand slam. It's called slam. And we were over a quarter million views on Facebook with that and cut a few thousand on YouTube. Uh, but we're able to put that all, not just the, the, the hour and a half long film itself, but also all the expanded content. So you can dive down, like you talking about rabbit holes well ago, you can dive down the rabbit hole of not just watching the finished product, but watching almost kind of like, you know, it's like a whole, like a journal style entry. If right. you were to watch it from start to finish, you get the whole story. So, yeah. And, a, it's, and I'm going to plug a, you on that unique. one. That that Do was what? that was awesome, and anybody that hasn't watched that needs to go watch it. That was incredible. Well, I I appreciate that, man. It was a it was a heck of a year, and it was an it was a it was a great journey as far as production, and it, you know it came together obviously with the animals, and I was able to pull that off. So that was <laughs> I'm not going to bet on that again. But the the production I had a tremendous amount of help from the ODWC uh, with with support footage and, and support interviews. And then all the people that like the experts that I, I, I had and the support that they gave me, you know, to, to pull all that together was, uh, it was, it was humbling. It, honestly, it was so, awesome. I mean, it, it was flat out awesome. Like I remember watching, following, following you on Instagram and watching the whole thing happen and following Facebook and, and just, just watching it all unfold and i was like come on dude i know you can do it i know you and then you got that last one and i was like yes he did it 
<laughs> yeah, I was. It's funny that was the toughest one to get uh, because obviously that was the one I took for granted, you know. So, uh, but yeah, I, I, all the animals I killed that year that I was able to get an opportunity on, you know, were super quality animals, and I was fortunate to capitalize on them. So, yeah, it's just it was an incredible, incredible experience for sure. Yeah. Now, I appreciate the watch and the kind words, by the way. Oh, absolutely, dude. I mean, I've followed you for, for quite a while. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I've watched you now. we got to have an explanation, Brandon. Oh, Lord. i I, I got to know now the personality. I know the Brandon Adams personality. I've watched it. The hat. Mm-hmm. Talk about mm-hmm. the flat brim hat. Like, like. That is not something you typically see in the outdoors as a flat brim hat. You see the slightly curved hat, but you're going like straight up flat brim, ears tucked under the hat, kind of like, what are you doing, man? Let's man, talk about the know, hat. Let's, you, let's talk about got, this hat. <laughs> you have haves and have nots. You have people that that are in front of the pack and people that are behind the pack, you know? <laughs> I'm not going to say which one I am and you are, but um, no, I grew up, you know, I grew up playing sports and baseball. I had a flat brim hat, right? You know, playing baseball, I had a flat bill hat. And so that's what I wore on the baseball diamond. And then whenever, you know, obviously subsequently the hats that I wore in in everyday life, you know, several of them were were flat bill. Uh, But one thing about it was there was, there was no, in fact, there was no flat brim, flat uh, brim hats that I used for hunting because they didn't make them. You know, there wasn't any out there. Uh, so I would kind of retrofit, if you will, like black hats and use them in the field. You know, yeah. well, there's still, so still not a flat brim hunting hat, just just so you know. Uh, there are because I made Well, you know, I'm, are, <laughs> the brand that and, I, the, the BA special, the flat brim. Yep. <laughs> Yep, they're out there. You can get them at myworldoutdoors.com. You know, use a My World 2020, get 40% off. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the point is, I, I I bet if you if we did some, like, Mythbusters test on it, that the flat brim hat is actually more practical than, a, you know, a, a curved baseball hat. I'd be willing to bet money on that. Now, how... How do you come up with that 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 analogy? Oh, does the horizon does the horizon where you live is it curved? Is it like a is it a tight curved horizon no, or is it flat? My my horizon out here is flat, so when I dip my head down slightly, I can cover the entire horizon. Sun's not in my eyes. You got to deal with a gap. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know that's just that's science. <laughs> Next, that is science. Next thing you're gonna say is Earth's flat, and, it, and then that's a whole other wormhole to no, go down. No, <laughs> I will not say that. I will not say that. But relative to relative to our our size on the Earth, the horizon is rel- you know is essentially flat. Well, we also have uh, mountains and trees out here in Virginia, so you know we can always stick our head behind a tree or or oh, you know well, maybe maybe it's a Western thing, man. Because, maybe it is. Yeah, maybe you get over Again. that Mississippi. Maybe you get over the Mississippi River. Things change out there. Yeah, but once you once you get into the Great Plains, like where I live, I live in a, a, an ecosystem called the Cross Timbers, and the Cross Timbers is in central Oklahoma. Well, it runs all the way down to Texas, but it's where the the big eastern uh, 
uh, pine forest, big pine and hardwood forest meet the the Great Plains, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a bunch, it's a bunch of blackjack and post oak trees, a bunch of really basically short trees, and then just west of here, I mean, literally just west of where I live, I don't know, twenty miles, thirty miles, uh, is where, where the Great Plains start. That's awesome. So, so yeah, you don't, I mean, I we don't have trees if you go west of my house, like fifteen minutes. So we've got a lot of trees. <laughs> And some mountains, yeah. and, and some mountains. We got the Blue Ridge Mountains, and uh, I'm on the eastern side of the Blue Ridge, so 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 it's a little flatter over here. But we still got some hills, but right. But yeah, I tell you, the terrain's definitely different. Maybe I'll look into one of those flat brim hats. My wife always laughs at me, makes fun of me if I wear a flat brim hat. So I try not to get made fun of by my wife. So we'll see how that works out. Well, like I said, like I said, some people are are in front of the pack, some people aren't. So so you're saying you're a trendsetter? Is that what you're saying? You can be a trendsetter. You can be. You said that. I didn't say that. You said that. You can be a trendsetter, man. That. I mean, come on, Brent. You said I didn't say that. Okay, I, I leave it at that. We'll, we'll leave it at that. All right. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire some questions off at you here real quick before we go, and uh, it's kind of like a little lightning round kind of question here. All right. Let's right. see how. Let's see how this goes. Bow or gun? Bow. Okay. Fixed or mechanical? Fixed. FOC or not FOC? It doesn't matter to me. All right. Um, baseball or football? That's pass. That's high. <laughs> pass. All right. College football or pro football? Pro football. All right. Let's see. Favorite animal to hunt? That's a man. I've I've gotten to the point in my career where I love experiencing new things, and so obviously it's whitetail. That's the obvious answer. Okay, but there's 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 a there's a short list of a ton of other animals that I it's it's just different. Like it's it's the same, maybe more enjoyment, but it's just a different thing. So okay, I guess if I had to pick, it'd be whitetail. All right. What's your what is your go to snack in the tree stand? Oh, granola bar, like the little chocolate chip, mm-hmm. uh, chocolate chip granola bars, and like okay. uh, Quaker Boy ones or whatever. Not I Quaker gotcha. Boy, but then yeah, Nature's Own or Nature's Valley or Nature's something or another something no, like that. The one, the one that has all the sugar in it. It's not like a Quaker Oak, not Quaker Boy. That's like uh, oil, but like you know the. I got you. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that one. Uh, coffee or energy drinks? Uh, I'm out like either sweet tea. So, oh, that's that's a good one. I, that's a I'm good a one. I'm a sweet tea fanatic. That's something you always see in the South. Yeah, like legitimately, like you you go up north anywhere on the eastern seaboard, and it's you don't see a lot of sweet tea. But by gosh, you get down in the South, and you know. Maryland, you know, parts of Maryland, Virginia, get down to North Carolina, South Carolina. It's it's sweet. It's sweet tea, buddy. That's always, it. it's right. always sweet tea. I'm with you. Tree stand or ground blind? Uh, it's it's whatever. <laughs> Probably tree stand. Tree stand. Okay, okay. Rubber boots or lace ups? Lace ups. All right. Lace ups. Now, why the lace ups? I because I'm a rubber boot kind of person. 
I like I like lace ups because they're more comfortable. Gen- this is a general statement because I've had some really comfortable rubber boots. Okay, but lace ups are more comfortable. They're uh, more practical, especially for Western hunts. If I'm moving a lot, they protect my ankles a lot more than a rubber boot will. Okay, now I'm gonna put you on the spot on this one. You ready? Oh Lord, you ready? I can't wait. Red arrow or bone collector? Red arrow or bone collector? <laughs> So, so Kip or Michael. Yeah, Kip, Michael, T-Bone. I like T-Bone better than all of them, so T-Bone. So he's going going T-Bone instead of Kip Yeah, just T-Bone. Nick and Michael and Kip can make them go do their thing. (laughs) Kip lives right down the road from me. No, I I love all – every one of those guys I love. Yeah, I've met all of them, and they're all fantastic people. Yeah. All right. Hey – if you could pick one state to hunt, not your home state, you can't pick Oklahoma. If you had one state that you could hunt in for the rest of your life, what state would that be? Man, it would be Oklahoma for the record. Um, <laughs> you, live, you can't pick Oklahoma, you live there. That's kind of like me picking Virginia to hunt in the rest of my life. Well, if you pick Virginia pick. to hunt in for the rest of your I'm, life, then you made a poor decision, Britton. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm, I, I'm saying that would be like me picking Virginia. I mean, I would state. say Colorado. I would go with Montana. Yeah, you got because you get Colorado. Obviously, you just have a plethora of animals to actually go after. Yeah, that's true too. That's true. There's a lot of animals out there, and Wyoming. Well, my, Montana too. I mean, Montana's the exact yeah. same boat. You got pretty much every species you want to go after. That is there. I hear you. All right. Well, Brandon, buddy, thank you for taking the time out to come on the podcast and be a guest. Uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you, having a few laughs and and everything. It's been fantastic. Just thank you so, so much. And one more time, go ahead and tell us where we can find you as well as My World Outdoors. Well, you can, I'm pretty much a Instagram only kind of guy. So look me up on Instagram. It's uh, underscore BA underscore Adams. I'm normally posting jokes and making fun of myself. Uh, and then all, every, you know, not every platform, but Instagram, Facebook, and my and uh, YouTube, look up My World Outdoors. Uh, always uh, posting, you know, basically telling a story, you know, as, as the days go on, you know, there's a, just a new addition to each story. And you can catch up all of our stories, all the full stories on YouTube right now. Every video we have for the year. Uh, is loaded up, so go check it out. All right. Well, guys, thank you all for listening. We greatly appreciate it. Brandon, once again, thank you so much for being on here. We really appreciate it. It was fantastic. Guys, make sure you keep up with the podcast. Keep up with MDE on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Also, check out our YouTube channel. And, Brandon, at MDE, we always say shoot straight and get your kids outdoors. I'm going to let you close out the podcast. Say one last little thing you want to say, and then you can close it out with a shoot straight and get your kids outdoors, buddy. It's all yours. Man, I appreciate the invite uh, to shooting shooting the, the crap right here, you know, over over the podcast. Uh, it, was, it was awesome talking with you. It sounds like you got your kids in, you know, a prime spot to be out in the outdoor, out in the, into the outdoors. So uh, thanks again for the invite, and shoot straight and get your kids outdoors. <laughs>